Welcome back to the Breakthrough Podcast with Pastor Danny Anderson. Hey, guys. Well, today we are going to tackle a topic that I'll just tell you. I've been in church since I was born, came to Christ when I was seven, and we did not talk about this topic in my church at all, and that is overcoming sexual sin. Mm. This is um, actually a follow-up conversation from week five of one of our series called The Art of Living. And we got a lot of feedback on this one, but why? what made you want to tackle overcoming sexual sin in that series to begin with? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, uh, hey to all our listeners out there and welcome back. Um, yeah, the talk was a tough one to give. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed was that there was there was a lot of good feedback. It really hit home with people. Yeah. And I think this is something that people need help with. They want to talk about. They want someone to help them to talk about it. Yeah. And so I think there's more to say on the issue. And so that's why I wanted to do this in the podcast form and kind of continue that conversation. And uh, it's such a massive problem out there today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we live in a sexualized pornographic world. I mean, that's just the truth of it, it today. We all carry around the possibility of looking at pornography on our phones in our pocket all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's on our laptops. It's it's everywhere you look. Um, you know, the, the statistics on this are really mind-blowing. You know, I mentioned in the sermon that there are 200,000 Americans that watch 11 to 12 hours of porn every week. That's every single week, every second, a three thousand dollars is spent on pornography. Every second, every second, every second, twenty-eight thousand people are watching a pornographic video. Mm. I mean, it's just—it's—it's it's hard to imagine how big of an issue this is in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, I did a little research on sexual abuse on college campuses and, mm-hmm. and I invite anybody to kind of, you know, look up, look this research up and check on my numbers, but any, anywhere between one and four and one in six girls will, uh, will experience sexual assault or rape on college campuses. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And that's probably only the ones that felt brave enough to report. My Absolutely. A, yeah. My daughter's an RA on a college campus and, um, the stories that she hears and, yeah, those are probably the ones that would report. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't they don't want to uh, tell. They don't want to you know yeah. they feel embarrassed. There's yeah. their, their shame. Um, there are 20 million new sexually transmitted diseases that are transmitted, not new diseases, but new yeah. transmissions of the disease. 20 million a year in our country, which is just mind blowing. Of course, yeah. the the sex trafficking issue is is becoming more and more you know. Uh, uh, known, it's in the news now. Yep. There's there's famous people that are getting in trouble, you know. But it's a it's a hundred fifty billion dollar industry, you know, that people are being held against their will to perform yeah. uh, sex acts um, it, for money. It, it's mind blowing. Well, that um, statistic alone is one that just uh, man breaks the hearts of parents. And it was a new level of of fear, mm-hmm. the sex trafficking mm-hmm. uh, statistic that you shared. I mean, that just, it, this is a lot. It seems almost insurmountable. Yeah, or- and, and I'm glad guys like Tim Tebow are out there. I follow him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's, he's kind of taking things by the, you know, by the horn. He's trying to lead, you know, yeah. uh, to make a difference in that area. And um, so it's, it's just a massive problem today. And we got, we got to talk about it. 
We do. We do. Okay, so when we're talking about all those different areas that sexual sin um, affects our culture, affects our our families in their day-to-day lives, actually, what what is the definition? Like, what is sec- uh, sexual sin and what is acceptable and what isn't? Because, you know, I don't know that people know even what to think because mm-hmm. it is kind of confusing as um, as to what is acceptable sexual practices and what is sin. Right. Well, you and I take the biblical perspective mm-hmm. on this issue. And I know that there's tons of people that don't, but we're just going to come at this from a, from a, a Christ follower biblical perspective. And when we look at it from that from that perspective, what we find is that sexual sin is any sexual behavior that is outside of what God intended for a man and a woman in the context of marriage. Now, that's a mouthful, but that's really what we are saying when we say what is sexual sin, what is not. Uh, sexuality is something that God intended, that he created. Mm-hmm. And so we are not free to def- redefine it for our own purposes and to say, well, this is what I think is good or acceptable for myself. And, and, but our culture has done that. Yeah. And so we have all these different ideas of what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. What we have to do is go back and look at what God intended because he's the author of sexuality. And what we find is that in the book of Genesis, we find that sexuality is, is, is basically three things. It's, it's this, this gift from God to express mm-hmm. love to somebody to experience pleasure and to create a family mm-hmm. all within the context of the covenant of marriage, which is this commitment that says till death do us part. Mm-hmm. That is where sexuality thrives. Um, and when you take it outside of that context, man, you have all kinds of hurt, pain, destruction, divorce, um, yeah. mistrust, um, you name it, disease. Um, it, it's just so incredibly destructive. I, in the sermon, I kind of compared it to sleep. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love to sleep, you know, six, seven hours a night. And I love to take a power <laughs> nap here and there. Um, and sleep is a beautiful thing. It restores the body. It heals the brain. Mm-hmm. But if you take sleep outside of its context, you put it in the classroom, you put it <laughs> on the job, right. you're going to get some some pretty negative um, consequences. I, right. I, I'll never forget one day I was driving home from Liberty University to New York. Mm-hmm. It's about a six hour drive or so. And I was so tired. I fell asleep at the wheel. Oh gosh. And amazingly, we were in a tunnel when I fell asleep oh. and I was driving my friend's car Yeah, and I hit, I scraped the side of the tunnel and kind of woke up and, yeah. and the adrenaline hit me and I realized what happened and, and I didn't fall asleep for the rest of the way home. But, well, no. <laughs> but, but I, I, I could have I veered off the road into oncoming traffic if we weren't in a tunnel. I could have died. Yeah. So sleep in, in the right spot is beautiful. It's great. Sleep outside of the proper uh, you know, context can, can literally kill you. That's a great analogy. And, and, you know, when I hear all of the statistics and I hear what you're saying about... Um, the proper definition of sex. I, if I'm somebody who is struggling in this area, I, I don't even know the first step of how to overcome that mm-hmm. because it is part of it's in the fabric of our society. It really is. So I don't know. How do you stop? How do you have a victory there? Well, you know, the first thing I would say is that a person needs to. I'm going to use a biblical word here, but I'm not going to necessarily. Um, mean it in a religious sense. I, I'm a, what a person needs to do to start with is to repent. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Now, in the, in the biblical sense, repent involves, you know, confession to God and kind of mm-hmm. doing a 180 and saying, God, I'm wrong. And, 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 and that's awesome. And we need to do that too. But the word in itself outside of religious context, <clears throat> if we could t- do that, means to just change your mind. Mm. It means to have a, a complete change of mind about an issue. And if a person is going to, is going to begin to move out of sexual sin, they have to, they have to begin to think differently about, sin, about, <clears throat> excuse me, about sexual sin. And what, what that simply means is that they have to think about sex in terms of what God says, that it is about giving, not okay. getting. It is about expressing love to someone not receiving love necessarily. Mm. Do we receive love? Do we receive pleasure? Yes, but it's a secondary function. The primary function is giving, serving, mm. and loving inside the context of marriage. Well, if you look at it from that perspective, then you stop taking that selfish perspective, which this is about me. And most sexual sin, especially the sexual sin that's illegal, like paying for sex or sex trafficking or, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, any type of prostitution or anything like that. It's, it, or even things that are not illegal, like pornography yeah. um, or, or some other form of, of sexual sin. Um, it's about taking. It's about me. It's, about, it's, about, it's a selfish motive that this, mm-hmm. this pleasure mm-hmm. is only for me and I'm going to take it. Well, that's where you get into all kinds of trouble mm-hmm. on this issue. So what we have to begin to do is look at sex as, as something that is others focus. It's about giving. It's about expressing love. And, and really it is about becoming a person of love. There's a verse in, in Romans 13, verse 10, it says, love does no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So essentially, if love is this act of doing what is best for somebody else, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to assault you sexually. I'm not going to take yeah. from you. I'm going to give. I'm going to do what's best for you. And what's best for you is not to take something. Right. You know, and so that's, that, we have to begin by repenting or changing our mind about sexual sin. By the way, um, this is what's wrong with pornography. Everyone, people ask me, is pornography wrong? I mean, everybody does it. it what's, what's the harm of it, you know? Yeah. And the reason why it's wrong is because, there's lots of reasons why it wrong, it's wrong, but you're, at the end of the day, you're taking. Hmm you're taking from that person. You're watching people perform sex acts on a screen and there's no love. There's no service. There's no expression of love. It's all about, I'm going to use this person as an object to gratify my own sexual desire. Well, that's completely outside of the the definition of what sex is and what God has given it to us for. So um, that doesn't even... I'm not, it doesn't even scratch the surface on the dehumanizing element of it, right. where you're you're basically reducing people to objects. They're not mm-hmm. even human beings anymore, mm-hmm. just for your own self uh, self gratification. And that doesn't even scratch the surface of the sex trafficking that goes on with pornography these right. days, and the manipulation and the coercion to get these girls to do these different things and these men. And so, the, for lots of reasons, it's wrong. Um, right. But but for the mere fact that it's just it's completely self focused. Is, is, is what makes it wrong. Okay, I have a, a practical question. Um, you know, at, at Emmanuel, we have small groups and one of the, and they discuss your sermons, your talks. And one of the first Monday morning calls we got after this talk was about um, another topic that is super hard for me to talk about <laughs> with my pastor. But 
it was um, about masturbation. Yeah. And it, and it we, wasn't we talked about a that. student mm-hmm. group that asked this. Mm-hmm. This was uh, an adult group mm-hmm. of singles. And the, the question was, is this really like wrong? Mm-hmm. Is it really mm-hmm. like how so mm-hmm. the, the connectivity between, uh, because that's like not actually doing something to someone else. It's right. all self-contained. Sure. Um, well, they it, just couldn't get there. Yeah. Well, I think it, I, my answer would be twofold. First, first of all, the, the reason why I would put it in the category of sexual sin is because it is, it is outside of the context of what God intended for sex, mm-hmm. which is to be about expressing love to somebody Experience ple- experiencing pleasure with somebody in the context of the covenant marriage relationship. So, mm. masturbation is something that happens outside of those things. Yeah, and it does involve you. It, it's 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 hard for me to say this, but it's I've never heard a person say, "Hey, I'm able to uh, practice masturbation without right lusting." without watching pornography, okay. without fantasizing in my mind. So so Jesus, what Jesus said on this issue in Matthew chapter five is that if, if a person even looks at a person yeah. with lustful intent, he's already committed adultery in his heart. So the, the very act of, of mental lusting, which is definitely involved in the masturbation piece, uh, is what makes it wrong in, in, uh, and puts it outside of God's will for our sexuality. Mm. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's good. Well, what else? What else about sexual sin? Well, you know, I think that um, for people to really get free from this, they have to talk to somebody. The, the, oh, that's hard. I think the biggest, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the, one of the biggest deceptions in this issue is um, that, that sexual sin, um, it thrives in secrecy. Yeah. And the shame and the guilt of it keeps us, you know, we don't want to talk about it. We're, we, we're embarrassed right. about it. And so, the, but then we keep it in and then, and then we continue and then it yeah. gets worse. And then we get more secretive about it and get, we isolate and we think we're the only one and then we can never get free from it. And so, you know, the scriptures clearly teach us to confess our sins to one another and that iron sharpens iron, you know, that we're supposed to help each other and, and to bear each other's burdens. Um, and so the, the, we have to talk to each other about this yeah, and not be afraid to say, hey, this is an issue for me. Will you help? Because the reality is AA has proved this to, you know, millions and millions of times. When you have right. people helping you, yes, you, there's strength in numbers. Right. I've noticed this about people. People tend to live up to the expectations of the person they respect the most. Mm. So if you get somebody in your life that expects something better from you, you're going to try to you're going to try to live up to that. Yeah. And that's the power of community group and small group and and it's the power of of just getting somebody else involved to help. Oh, that's really good. And I like that you told us where to go to get the help mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um what else what else about sexual sin? I think it's important to realize that at the end of the day, this is a habit. Okay. It really is. When you observe, it's a habit. We get, we do, it's so much easier to keep doing things you've, you've been doing. And then, and then you get into a routine, you know, and before you know it, it's, it's just like alcohol. It's just like drug abuse. It's like any other habit. Now, the reason that that's good news uh, is because you can break a habit. Right. Like, there's a lot of literature out there about how to break a bad habit. <clears throat> And so I, I, you and I have both read a little bit of uh, 
uh, what James Clear has put out right. there, Atomic, Atomic Habits. Habits. And yeah. he actually has a blog post on this, how to break a bad habit. So our listeners can go out there and check okay, that out. We should put that in the show notes. Um, but a couple of things he said in there is, uh, you know, you, you don't eliminate a bad habit, you replace it. Oh, that's and good. That, yeah, it is. Because a lot of people want to try to stop doing the bad thing they're doing. Yeah. And I would suggest that that's not the right, you know, that's not the right strategy. Right. A better strategy would, would be do something else to yes. replace that. Um, you, know, you know, in the blog post, he says, bad habits address certain needs in your life. And for that reason, it's better to replace your bad habits with a healthier behavior that addresses the same need. Now, I wouldn't quite say that that's the greatest advice for sexual sin uh, because you don't want to continue to try to meet that need. You want to try to do something else. So you basically want to get involved in another behavior, whether that's exercise or serving in your community somewhere yeah. or, you know, getting into some sort of artwork or, or writing. Right. And, and there are benefits to those, uh, those activities and and then you start to feel good you get these other positive feelings going that replace the feelings of pleasure from the sexual sin and that's how you you win you basically replace positive feedback positive emotions that come from mm-hmm. different activities mm-hmm. f- uh than the sexual sin that that gives certain uh, benefits um so yeah replace replace the bad habit with the good one that's a good science too that's really the replacement behavior that's that's solid mm-hmm. and it can really rewire what you've been um, finding pleasure in and rewire your brain. Cause I can imagine if this is where you're at, that that's an incredibly hard thing to believe will happen that you'll be able to replace this highly pleasure, pleasurable activity with um, something else, mm-hmm. but it can happen. It can happen. And your Absolutely. brain will make those new pathways. Absolutely. Oh, that's good. Another thing I would say is to cut out the triggers. And he says this in the blog post as well. And in fact, I want to read a quote from him. Uh, he says, if you smoke when you drink, then don't go to the bar. If you eat cookies when you're in the house, then throw them all away. If the first thing you do when you sit on the couch is to pick up the remote, then hide the remote in the closet in a different room. Make it easier on yourself to break bad habits by avoiding the things that cause them. This is like mm. so simple. So when it comes to sexual sin, you, you think about what are the triggers? Yeah. Is it your phone? Is it your laptop? Is it a certain person? Is it yeah. a group of people? You know, is it certain movies? Is it, is it certain YouTube videos? Mm-hmm. And eliminate those triggers. Make it easier for yourself to win and to replace that bad habit. Uh, when we were, when you were doing the talk for the first time um, at our uh, Saturday night service, you had said, "If it's if it's your phone that is your uh, trigger, then go ahead and get a flip phone." Yeah. There was somebody, a woman, a couple of seats behind me, was like, "No, that is good. That is good. Just to move whatever the cost is." Even if you're costing yourself like technology and being connected a certain way through your smartphone, it's not the cost on the other end is is far greater. Yeah, you think about the the cost on the other end, you know, broken a broken marriage. Yeah. You know, your one of your kids doesn't talk to you anymore. Um you know, a sexually transmitted disease, an unwanted pregnancy. Yeah. There's it's you're playing, we're playing with fire. You it doesn't are. feel that way. Right. But it can literally destroy your life. Even just the addiction part. Just yeah. falling into this addiction and now you're watching videos yeah. hours and hours and hours a week. That's not what we were created for. No. You know, and so the, the, the cost of being radical on the front end is, is, a, 
is not near as high as the cost in the back end. That's really good. Do you have anything else for us? On okay, this? so yeah, a couple, a couple more thoughts. I know this is kind of a longer one, but there's so no, much to okay. say on this issue. Um, you know, for me, for me personally, this one has tr- helped me tremendously, and that is to decide what you really want. And here's what I mean. Um, years ago, I read a quote from C.S. Lewis in The Weight of Glory, uh, which is a difficult book to read, but it's so worth it to plunge through it, especially the first half of it. Uh, these, these are his words. He says, by ceasing for a moment to consider my wants, I have begun to learn better what I really wanted. Mm. And, you know, in this, in the regard to sexual sin, I think that, that people want it. That's why they do it. They, sure. they wouldn't engage in it if they didn't want to do it. So right. there's desires, there's appetites, there's so, um, but I don't think many of us, I don't think we take the time to evaluate what we really, what we really want. Yeah. I think we just kind of plunge forward and we have these appetites or desires and we fulfill them, but we never really take the time to say, is that, is that really what I want? And C.S. Lewis helped me to to kind of almost step back as a third party and observe myself, observe my behavior, uh, especially in this area of sexuality and say, is that what I want? Mm. Okay, I did that. I got this feeling, you know, whatever this 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 pleasure, and then it's over. And on the back end, I have guilt. I have some shame. I'm embarrassed. Um, I'm concerned about, right. you know, um, the consequences of 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 maybe an STD or or whatever. And now I've got this fear. So yeah. I've got fear, shame, and guilt. Okay, um, is that what I want? Mm. Is that is that what I was made for? Is that the is that does that are those the emotions that I want to live with? And I started to look at myself yeah. and say, nah, I don't think that's what I want. I don't think that's what I was made for. I don't think that's how sexuality is supposed to feel, and and I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. And so. I began to look into the scriptures and search this out. And sure enough, you see it. I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 says, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, mm-hmm. but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. What an amazing statement. Yeah. So literally what Paul is saying is like, you and I, n- human beings, we were not designed to mess with sexual sin. Like it messes with us. Yeah. It does something to us. It hurts us. Paul said early, later on in the passage, it's like no other sin. It stands alone. Yeah. It messes with us psychologically. It it breaks uh, trust. Yeah. It could it could hurt us physically. You know. There's so, so you know when you step back and you look at saying you know I don't think I was made for this. I was made for the, I was in fact I was made for God. Like the body's not made for sexual immorality. It's, it's made for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Wow. So then you look at some of the things that Jesus said. He said, "I'm the living water." You know, come to yeah. me. And, and drink and you'll never thirst again. He said, I'm the bread of life. Eat and you'll never be hungry again. You know, here's the lie about sexual sin. And, and I know we're, we're kind of going long here, but this it's is good. Okay. It's good. Um, the lie is that it'll satisfy you. Yeah. It's, that's, that's it. Go get this. Oh, it'll be, this is what you want. This mm-hmm. will, but it mm-hmm. never does. It never, it never does. It always, it always disappoints. And then you always, you're left wanting more. And then you've got to go to the next level and you got to search out something a little bit more darker. And, and it just, it just progresses and progresses yeah. and it never satisfies. And then Jesus comes along and says, I will. Yeah. I'll satisfy you. 
Like you weren't made for that. You were made for me. So by ceasing for a moment and stepping back and looking at my wants and asking, is that what I really want? I came to this realization that I wanted something different. Oh, that's really good. And that was a, a pure conscience. I wanted trust in my relationships. I wanted peace in my heart. I didn't want anxiety and fear right? and worry and shame and guilt. I don't want to live that way. Does anybody? No, <laughs> no. Which is why we need to talk about this. Yes. You can live without that stuff. Yeah, you can. And I think what's really great about this is what C.S. Lewis said. You can use that as a practical example Um in your life, if if the phone is where you're going to look at pornography before you even pick it up, you can take that beat, mm. and that's that is such a helpful. Um, I'm glad you brought that quote in because it's so helpful to just take that minute to consider, because everybody can take a minute before they indulge in their appetite, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever sinful activity that is. So, so let me tie that back to something I said earlier with replacing the habits. Mm -hmm. So what I did in my life is I replaced sexual sin with spiritual activities, Mm -hmm. with seeking God, with church services, with reading the scriptures, with worship music, with time in accountability groups with other men. And that's how it happened. Mm. That's, that's how I began to step out and be free and, and experience the things that that I was just describing, like a, a, a clean conscience and mm. and peace in your heart and intimacy with God. Yeah, because there's nothing between you and Him. There's no guilt. There's no shame, um, or 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 much less. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so that that that's what I replaced that with. That's so good. Yeah. As we're coming to the the end of the time together today. Do you have anything, your final, anything final for us? One more thought. I have one more thought. And this is, this is for those folks out there that have hung with us all the way to the end on this podcast. (laughs) Um, You know, it's, it's, it's 100% true that if you hang in there, wherever you are in this issue, whether you have a massive sin, sexual sin problem or a small sexual sin problem, um, you can be free. You absolutely can walk in purity. And that is the promise of the gospel. Mm. That is the promise of grace. Um, You just have to keep pushing forward. Mm. One of the things I read years ago uh, from Mere Christianity, it's one of my favorite quotes in the book from C.S. Lewis. I'll I'll read it to you guys. He said, you must ask for God's help. Even when you have done so, it may seem to you for a long time that no help or less than you need is being given. Never mind. After each failure, ask forgiveness, pick yourself up and try again. Very often what God first helps us towards is not the virtue itself, in this case, purity, but just the power of always trying again. Mm. Man, that changed my life. Yeah. Because I think what we need to do in this issue is keep getting up. Yeah. And keep trying again. And if you do, God will meet you. He, If you desire to step out, if you want to be free and clean, he will meet you. He will get you the right person. He will show you the right book, which by the way, a great book on this issue is The Purity Principle by Randy Alcorn. It's a short little book. I think people can read it in about an hour. It's a great resource. If you want freedom, you can get it. Mm. You just have to keep getting back up. Pick yourself up. Oh, that's so good. 
Well, thank you very much for tackling this tough topic with You're us, welcome. for loving us enough to to give a different perspective than we see day in and day out. We talked a lot about some different articles and some um, some different books today. Those will all be in our show notes as well as something a little different this week. Um, this month, we are going to have Pastor Danny's uh Instagram handle in the show notes. And if you have a suggestion that you would like to hear on the Breakthrough Podcast, we'd love for you to DM him. Be watching his story for surveys that we're going to put out about what topics you would love to hear. And then just keep rating and reviewing. We read those on whatever platform you're listening on. And then come back and join us next month because we sure would love to have you. See ya.